good. I feel bad for you because you're going to have to edit this into like a good podcast and we're probably just going to rant about men for a while. She's like, <sighs> life goals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mel. Welcome back to Hyperfeminism, the podcast. Today I have with me Mel and Alice, and we're going to have a chat about men. Uh, So recently with Greta and her climate activism and the platform that she has, and especially with the UN Climate Summit in America, the way that straight white men have been talking about her is terrifying. Like, the language used around her, really just showing that, hey, y'all just hate women. Like, it's not about, well, it's about discrediting everything that she's saying. She's saying this and that she's a female, so, like, how could she know? And that she's a young female as well. Like, it's definitely got the age aspect. Yeah, they're really, like, pulling onto her autism, saying that she's deranged and mentally ill, which obviously isn't the case. Not a mental illness. It's there. Our climate is our earth. Yeah, it's been horrific. The sexual memes that I've seen about her have made my skin cruel. Yeah. Because there was one in particular where it had her... And quite often she oh wears her God, hair the in like braids the two, being yeah, pulled she back. wears the two braids because it's convenient. There's one where she's looking angry because our planet's dying and she's trying to do something about it. And then there's a screenshot from porn where someone is having sex and having their braids pulled and then a photo of her looking happy and it's like before and after. She's 16. She's a child. Oh my gosh, I have not seen these sexual oh, memes. This is just it's taking a way up. too far. Mm-hmm. So the first one I saw was this tweet that says not even being provocative, but if you think Greta has the maturity to guide global policy making, then you cannot object to Jeffrey Epstein paying 16-year-olds for sex. Fucking watch me object to that shit. It's fucked up. So, yeah. Um, that's not how that works. That tweet is based... Sorry. That is statutory rape. Basically yeah. what that tweet is saying, you want an opinion? Let me put my dick in you. Yeah, which is the winning response from it. That is, children, the planet are dying, please do something. Conservatives, well, if you think you're so smart, why can't I have sex with you? Checkmate. As if that's actually an argument. Scary. Like, imagine, and those people, it's not just like three or four big name people who are saying these things. People actually think that. Like, you could walk past someone in the street who's like, if you have an opinion, I should get to fuck you against your will. What the fuck? Um, it's, makes my skin crawl. Like, we're talking about a child. Yeah, it just blows your mind. Like, why are we putting so much anger towards a kid who's trying to do the right thing, who's doing Mm -hmm. the right thing, and we're not acknowledging that? And instead, just, you know, putting her in a bad situation. No, because how could she possibly have more knowledge than the old white dudes who run countries? Because they're white and dudes. Mm. I mean, the old white dudes, like, we've known about climate change for a while now. They're just failing to acknowledge it because, as she said, as Greta said, for economical gain. Yeah, well, when you're – when big oil are putting money into your pocket, then you're probably going to willfully ignore it. When the last tree has died and when the last river has dried up, you'll realise that you cannot eat money. Yeah, that's the one. I had that poster up in my house when I was little and holy shit, is it accurate? Yeah. And one of the things that Greta said in a speech, it was about the fact that nobody's doing something because of these fairy tales of eternal economic growth. Fuck, that hits like a train because that's what it is. This is about money and people willing to kill the planet Mm -hmm. for it. 
And when we talk about Australia, we have all of this like fear mongering around people who work in coal and in oil losing their jobs and losing their livelihoods, where if we were to switch to entirely renewable energy, not only does that maintain all of the jobs that are in coal and oil, they can all transfer over to renewable energy and it will create new jobs and create jobs for the people's children and grandchildren who are working in these industries. And if we want to talk about economic growth, according to Richard Di Natale, who like, why isn't he our prime minister? Switching to renewable energy will actually create enough national revenue that higher education can be free again. You all checked your debt recently because it's not nothing. So high. It makes me really sad every time I look at it. I yeah, mean, you I wouldn't don't want that. It. Like, how can you say exactly. no to that? Mm. So it's good no, for the earth. We're just snowflakes. If it's good for the earth, it makes jobs and there's economic growth. What's the problem? The problem is that this campaign is being run by people who aren't straight, right? Which dudes. I said yeah. rich wrong. Rich. And the fact that <laughs> we are as a country, but also as a world, not listening to indigenous people. Yeah. Because that's like if colonization didn't happen, the climate crisis also wouldn't be happening. This just would not have happened under indigenous leaders. Fucking white people. Mm. I say as a white person, we fucking suck. Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. We need to start listening to our indigenous leaders. Absolutely. And until we do... We run in circles. Indigenous leaders and climate scientists, because get this, guys, they're the experts. Imagine science being accepted as fact. Imagine fact being accepted as fact. Holy shit. Like, it just... (laughs) The earth is not flat. Climate change is real. Money isn't everything. I mean, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a planet, if you don't have the earth... What are you doing? Yeah, what are you going to do with your money when we're all dead? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly what Greta's trying to get across. But people don't want to listen to her because she's a young girl. Exactly. And it's really interesting. When we have women in positions of power, they always get the, oh, they're too hormonal. And like when Hillary Clinton ran for president, it's like, well, what about those? Like, she could start a war with the press of a button. Like, she could start a war in a second. It's like, who do you think all of the wars have been started by? And also, do you really think that Trump is more mature and he's not going to, well, like, start a war. Do you really think that Hillary Clinton is still menstruating? Also a good point. Like, how, like come on, where's high school health education? Menopause is a thing. I've had my period for eight years now, I think. Never once have I started a war. Yeah, never once Get have that. I threatened <laughs> nuclear warfare. I mean... I might not not be happy, but I'm not going to start a war because of it. No. Might be, like, mad depressed, but I'm not going to kill innocent people. Just because I'm bleeding out of my vagina doesn't mean I'm going to, like, start a war and make a bunch of other people bleed from bullet wounds. Yeah, there's enough blood coming out of my vagina for all of us. It's fine. I haven't had a period all year. What the fuck? Hey, I haven't had one since I had surgery. Since May. I haven't had a period since May. Do we what? need to talk about this? Like, what? what's going on? You're um, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm fine. I got my birth control changed. And oh, for I some reason. Yeah, because I had the bar mm-hmm. and then I got the bar changed. The first time I had it, I still got my period. I just had three-day periods. Holy shit. It's amazing. And then the second time I got it, they just it didn't come back, which yeah, I'm very happy about, but yeah. I don't understand why it had different effects. Yeah, I got my yeah. marina um, when I had surgery. I haven't had one since. Not having periods is great. Yeah. Does that mean that... I'm on my period with- now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the contrast. But with this male logic, does that mean because I don't get periods, I would be just as good of a leader as men? Or is it that they just no, don't want a woman a in witch. charge? 
You're a witch. Good. But it's like, that because they can't go after Greta for like, because like, that would be more creepy than it already is when you go over after like mature women. Um, they go after her being mentally ill. Yeah. Which, like, she doesn't have a mental illness. Yeah. She's definitely smarter than people who are like, you have an opinion? Why can't I put my dick in you then? Yeah. That just should not be on. I don't even know why. How did... Well, How does well, that thought form in your brain? Yeah. I, I don't Mal's know. Mal's looking very stressed and out. And it's like, not only is she 16 and that's called statutory rape, but she looks so young. Yeah, I didn't think she was 16, actually. Because quite a lot of the time, the excuse that men use for over-sexualizing young girls is, well, she looks older. You can't use that with Greta. She looks young. Yeah. You've really got You've even lost nothing. your pedophilic excuse. Yeah, like, hey, you're just a pedophile. (laughs) I feel like, but I feel like that tweet was that guy coming out as a pedophile. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm comparing gay people to pedophiles. No. Because what the fuck? Yes, because we've been through this. That's ridiculous. It's just disgusting. And it's just like, we see this all the time. Like, it doesn't matter what women do, they're going to be criticised. If you dress too conservatively, oh, she's such a prude. If you show too much skin, whatever that means. You're a fucking slut. Because I've been called both of those things and I'm one person. It's just, uh, (laughs) men just, they're so difficult. Just (sighs) Men. Just, yeah. Ugh, men. Have you guys seen the show Two and a Half Men? Yeah, oh, I can't sit through it. It's just you know now the theme song. It's just like and it's like men, 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 men. That's men, actually men, a song that was written about all the world's problems. Really, <laughs> that makes so much sense. I mean, not really, but I thought my joke was funny. <laughs> oh, I wish that was true. <laughs> Fucking, it's a Charlie Sheen show. I don't get the feeling that he's particularly invested in like in feminism and feminism. Yeah. I just, the thing that I can't get past is like, obviously, when I say, ugh, men, I don't mean all men. And like, I feel like this is my platform. I don't have to. You don't need put, to justify that. No, to I don't have to disclose that. Like, I don't have to, like. The only talk people who feel the need to have the not all men are, are the, the men, men that it's about, about who can't admit that they're part of the problem. I saw um, a thing on Twitter last night. It was like a lifeguard at a pool is sitting there and a bunch of kids run past. And he goes, stop running. And someone in the pool goes, well, you can't yell. I'm not running. You can't yell at me for running. Blah, blah. And it's, it's the same way that when we say Ugh, men, we're not talking about all men. We're talking about the men that are running by the pool. Yeah. You should be smart enough to decipher when it's about you. Not my problem if you can't. And it's like if you're it's taking offense. the truth. If you're taking offense, you probably need to look at your own behaviors because there's almost a guarantee that they're problematic. Yeah. That's how that works. You'd drop the mic if it wasn't on a stand. If it wasn't on a stand and it wasn't university property, 100% I would be dropping this mic. Mic drop moment. (laughs) I just, uh, but the problem inherently is the inability to take responsibility. So that's, we're talking about taking responsibility for recognizing your own privilege and doing something about it. And working to unlearn biases. Oh yeah. Well, because like we all have to do that. Yeah. It's not like we're immune to that because we're women. So we've experienced oppression and marginalization like still what yeah i still have to learn except me (laughs) (laughs) except for mavika but there are other groups that you are not a part of that you still have to unlearn these biases that we're taught are okay and we're taught are normal 
Yeah, now there's know? always things that you can unlearn. Which you have to do consciously. This is not a thing that you can do passively. Yeah. And the problem with throughout the childhood giving men, particularly white men, claps for doing the absolute bare minimum is that we get to this point where we're like, no, you actually have to do something about this. And it's like, well, like this isn't my problem. Like, why should I have... You're not a good guy because you show basic human decency. Yeah, and we were talking about, before we started recording, the guilt you feel when you thank someone for doing the bare minimum. When, like, a male calls out a problematic behaviour by one of his male friends and you want to be like, thank you, but no, he doesn't deserve congratulations for just doing what he should be doing, just for doing this simple, decent human act. I remember I was in a club and I was dancing with a guy and another guy that was nearby was like, hey... Like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I was fine because I, w- I was fine. Mm. If I had have had someone, a guy do that every time I've been dancing with someone, it would be so much easier and you'd feel so much more comfortable because guys calling out guys is so important. Yeah, and it, yeah. it makes I really a world don't of difference. Mm-hmm. I've had, like, the same thing happen, but I was not okay and he, like, pulled mm. me out of that situation. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, thank you. And then he left me alone. He was like, you go chill with your friend. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to go. And mm. I was like, and he didn't, he wasn't like, okay, now you have to I date me, like the whole you. nice guy syndrome. Yeah. yeah. You needed to be saved, I saved you, now repay me. It's like, you're not a nice guy. Shut the fuck up. But again, I basic just, human decency. Yeah. But it also was a thing that, you know, sometimes we talk about it being less effective as a woman and trying to help another girl out, like especially in a nightclub sort of scenario, it can be counterproductive. But um, it's also because of the power imbalance, there's this, Guys who aren't going to accept your no aren't going to accept it when another girl tells them that they need to fuck off. No, they're only going to do it when a man asserts that you're his property. It's the same way that um, guys are way more likely to accept rejection with a I've got a boyfriend than just a no. No is a full sentence. But to these guys, unless you're property of another male, you're fair game. Um, So one of my friends actually put this on her story last night and she was saying she was on the train. It was 7.30. She had headphones in and this guy was like, take out your headphones. She took out her headphones and he was like, oh, I think you're really pretty. Can I get your number? And she's like, oh, no, I have a boyfriend. And he was like, no, can I just have your number? And he I like, just want to be your friend. Can't you have friends? Yeah, he just she kept on asking up. and she was like, no, I'm not giving you my number. Hmm. And she just had to walk. And it's something that constantly happens to her. And it's scary too because it's so I, easy for that situation to go from a no, give me your number to something much worse. Yeah, like death. The number of women that have been murdered by men in Australia this year. But, you know, it comes up and you go, that's another. It's which, you know, scary. it comes up when it's a white woman. When it's um, an Indigenous woman or a woman of colour, it is far less, there's far less coverage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the other day at The Wire, I wanted to cover this story. It was about um, this Indigenous woman. She got shot on her property by police officers. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not been any, like, they're investigating, but it hasn't been as quick as any other investigation. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, and um, so the National Indigenous Legal Service, they were saying that no police have been connected to murdering that person. Like, Mm -hmm. they haven't been formally charged. So they're somehow let off. And this woman, she... Okay, she did have, like, some mental health issues. She was holding a knife. Doesn't validate it. But that was it. Yeah, and she was holding a knife. What about that guy who ran around in Sydney, killed a sex worker, and then stabbed someone else? He was detained 
without any harm to him whatsoever. Yeah. I think... You'll just hate women. We have a bit of a habit as well of we look in America and violence from police there and we're like, oh, America's so horrible. Thank God we're not there. But the same thing's happening here. Mm. To a lesser extent, but it's still crazy. And we get overwhelming media coverage of police murdering citizens in the US compared to what we do, like compared to the coverage of what happens here. But it still does happen here and we need to acknowledge that, but it's convenient not to. I Mm -hmm. think when it comes to stuff like this and acknowledging your privilege, when you believe something, think about why you believe it. And if you believe it because it's convenient to you, investigate further. I question it. Yeah, I don't, like, understand how her name was Joyce. That should have been front news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't. Like, I had to search, like, actual Indigenous news articles to find that information when it should have been publicly available. It needs to be told. I think we have a bit of a habit in all of our media where we have the news and then we have specific news for, like, women's stories, Indigenous stories. Queer stories. But the news that's meant to be everything in general, that's the straight white cis news. Yeah, because that's the normal. That's the norm and everything else is a deviation from. I think that it should be law that um, everyone in Australia should be following feminism and decolonisation on Facebook. She essentially, for a lot of what she shares on there, serves as an aggregator, which is a hell of a lot of emotional labour that she is not paid for. But it's also the most consistent and complete coverage of Indigenous issues in Australia that I've found. Like, it's not just from one news outlet. She's aggregating it from multiple and covering different stories. Um, she does so much. That's And that takes an emotional toll on you. Oh, my yeah. God. I mean, like, even my Instagram takes a toll on me. Yeah. And I just share my stuff to my stories. And even that, like, gets quite overwhelming and exhausting. And that's literally the bare minimum. And I think that's also one of the reasons people don't don't recognise their privilege and don't unlearn these biases. Because it's hard. Because it is hard. And if you're not going to benefit from it, mm. people are like, well, there's no, there's no point. Yourself. It's like, well, the point is that it makes our society a better place. But and because they kind of don't want to admit it no. either. Yeah, because they're just like, I'm benef- in the wrong. Yeah. I don't want to admit that I'm in the wrong. So I'm just going to keep doing what mm. I'm doing because. Yeah. It's just like the bottom line is you should care about other people. Crazy idea. You should care about other people. You shouldn't be sexualizing a 16-year-old who's just trying to, like, not die. And he's trying to help us all actually realize everything. Exactly. Kids that are, the kids and the young people that are leading climate change rallies and revolutions, essentially, are incredible. Like, the amount of work that they do, the amount of organizing that, like, they're doing so much. Yeah, and that's already on top of, like, their school. I was actually watching um, Foreign Correspondent yesterday, Mm -hmm. and they were talking about um, one of the Australian girls who were helping, Mm -hmm. yeah, lead the climate strike. And, yeah, she's part-time actor doing full-time school, as well as the climate strike. Like, she went to New York. She's coordinating with um, the American kids there to organise all this. It is a huge movement, but because it's young people, it's... It's invalidated. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's just kids. And the thing is, like, this is their future. just anything. Like, you know, when they're standing up there talking to these politicians and going, you're going to die from old age, I'm going to die from climate change. Like, that's not a joke. Like, Like, what kind of audacity do you have to brush that off? Yeah, like, this is a very real threat. And thousands and tens of thousands in Australia, people marched. How can you turn a blind eye to that? Mm. 
willful ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, didn't um, ScoMo actually Scott not... Morrison said, less activism, attend- more learning in schools for the first um, time around. I, because I also have a podcast called Overworked But Optimistic. Yes, I'll link it below. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Go and listen to it. Um, myself and my co-host, Helen, went to the Climate Strike and we yeah. uh, interviewed some people there of all ages. And one of the things that we were told by one of the young people there, who I think was 16 or 17... They had a sign that said, if you did your job, we would be in school, mm-hmm. which I think did a good job of addressing that issue of, oh, you should just be in school. Well, they would be if yeah, the people who were meant to solve yeah. these problems were solving them. And I think that's one way that you should be in school serves two purposes. It's to diminish it because it's young people. So it's diminishing them and it's diminishing the cause as well. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you should be in school. So nothing else you do could possibly matter. And the Australian education system centers around free thought and developing points of view and individual ability to think critically about issues. So the climate strike is actually the best possible outcome our education system could ask for. Like this is actually a success of the education system. These politicians specifically, Scott Morrison, and that mentality is sort of like, yes, learn and develop your own ideas. No, not like that. Yeah. Scott Morrison, you're a fuckwit. Said it here, say it everywhere else. I hope he listens. Yeah. <laughs> Is he an avid listener to your podcast? Lots of engagement from Look, the Australian Liberal Party. I imagine that um, they're not a fan. I imagine that he listens to it at night and takes it all to heart. <laughs> I really would like to think so. Imag- the image of Scott Morrison yeah. listening to my podcast with its pink logo and just crying himself to sleep makes me really happy. Is that the one is way that you can sleep person? is just imagining that? No, I think that... No, this is what brilliant. keeps him up at 2am, right? I hope so. Well, it's not like... You know what's not keeping him up at 2am? Solving our problems. <laughs> Fuck. I just can't... Like, how do his kids view him? That's what, like... I don't know. I wonder if they're like, well, like, one of... Tony Abbott's children specifically are like publicly like fuck this guy like about their dad yeah I really hope iconic I because you know there's like that stereotype of like like not listening to your parents and like slamming the door like no I won't clean my room I'm like I just hope that his kids do a similar thing but they're like no I believe in climate change and slam the door yeah I hope they're like no I won't eat meat anymore because i imagine that that would really get on scott morrison's nerves oh yeah i hope they're all vegan i hope they're all (laughs) vegan and just shove it in his face as much as possible i really yeah imagine if one of his kids attends the climate strikes now that would be iconic that would make me so happy yeah hell yeah i hope they go without telling him. I hope, <laughs> I hope he, he has to find out, out by seeing photos, like seeing like a, them in like a panned shot on the news. I hope he wakes up to front page news of his kids being there and is like, I thought you were in school. And I hope that like his wife signed the permission slip for them to go. Hell yeah. Go off, sis. Imagine the scandal if that happened and then he got a oh divorce. My God. Well, that would end up being a bigger scandal than like Barnaby Joyce having an affair. Yeah, that would be a huge scandal. Wait, how do we make this happen? Are you guys good at Photoshop and also bribing people who run newspapers? We can work on that. (laughs) We all have skills. Yeah. So if anyone listening has any um, skills that you think we could use. um, Including lots of money for... Hit me up, uh, hyperfeminism at gmail.com. Send me an email. Drop me a line. Tell me what skills you got. Let's um, overthrow the government together. Let's make it happen. We'll do it, yeah. We need your help. Let's overthrow the government. And on that note, 
Uh, you have been listening to Hyperfeminism, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed and I hope to see you back here next time. Bye. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>